Let me pray, and then we'll read. Father, I thank you for uh, just the chance to sing together and uh, just enjoy you together, enjoy one another. And for this day that you've made, uh, Father, your word says this is the day that you've made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. And, and Father, as we continue on and we look into your word right now, I pray that you would just really, your Holy Spirit would put joy in our hearts as we look into your word because of the opportunity that you have given us to know you and to walk with you and to have a relationship with you. And uh, Father, uh, just bless this time as we continue together and as we look into your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, it's hard standing here not to be excited just to move on, too, because we got a baptism coming. So that's um, so Genesis 18, I'm going to start in verse 16. And as we come to, to Genesis 18, 16, we begin a conversation where Abraham is walking with God and talking with God. And the reason I'm reading this is I want you to just get a feel for the kind of relationship that God wants us to have with Him. And then as I begin to preach, we're going to go back and look at a few, three other passages in Genesis. But I want us to get a sense, because I think so often we don't really see our relationship with God as a relationship. I think so often we just see it as like an event we come to or programs that we do, but we don't really see it as a, a relationship. So listen as I read, Genesis 18, 16. It says, when the men got up to leave, they looked down towards Sodom. And this is the angel of the Lord, Jesus, before he came and was a human being, and two angels appearing as men, and... Uh, and Abraham, and they walked along with them to see them on their way. And the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham what I'm about to do? And that's God speaking to these angels that are with him. Abraham will surely become a great and powerful nation, and all nations on earth will be blessed through him, for I have chosen him so that he will direct his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just so that the Lord will bring about for Abraham what he has promised. And then the Lord said, The outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is so great and their sin is so grievous that I will go down and see if what they have done is as bad as the outcry that has reached me. If not, I will know. So the men turned away and went toward Sodom, but Abraham remained standing before the Lord. And Abraham approached the Lord and said, Will you sweep away the righteous with the wicked? What if there are 50 righteous people in that city? Will you really sweep it away and not spare the place for the sake of the 50 righteous people in it? Far be it from you to do such a thing, to kill the righteous with the wicked, treating the righteous and the wicked alike. Far be it from you. Will not the judge of all the earth do right? And it's a rhetorical question, obviously. God will always do right. Verse 26, the Lord said, If I find 50 righteous people in the city of Sodom, 
I will spare the whole place for their sake. And then Abraham spoke up again, Now that I have been so bold as to speak to the Lord, though I am nothing but dust and ashes, what if the number of the righteous is five less than 50? Will you destroy the whole city for lack of five people? If I find 45 there, the Lord said, I will not destroy it. Well, once again, Abraham spoke to the Lord. What if only 40 are found there? And he said, for the sake of 40, I will not do it. And then Abraham said, may the Lord not be angry, but let me speak. What if only 30 can be found there? And the Lord answered, I will not do it if I find 30. And Abraham said, now that I have been so bold as to speak to the Lord, what if only 20 can be found there? And, and the Lord said, for the sake of 20, I will not destroy it. And then Abraham, one more time, he says, may the Lord not be angry, but let me speak just once more. If only 10 can be found there. And the Lord answered, for the sake of 10, I will not destroy it. And when the Lord had finished speaking with Abraham, he left and Abraham returned to his home. Do we have that kind of relationship with God? I mean, that, God puts that in there for us to see the kind of confident, bold, intimate, ongoing conversation that God wants to have with him. Um, this morning, um, we're starting just a, a few-week series called Practicing the Presence of the Lord, Practicing the Presence of God. And, um, and the question that... Uh, I want us to ask as we begin to think about this is how many of us really live in the presence of God? How many of us really walk with God? I mean, like this picture here. Abraham and the Lord walking together and talking together and, and Abraham with boldness and yet fear <laughs> just bringing his petition to the Lord. Let's just think for a few minutes. What's it like to be in the presence of somebody that you just really enjoy being with? Somebody that you love. Somebody that's like you're just a great friend. Um, you know, it's like you're walking together and you're just having a great time together, right? It's just, it's just a friendship. And it could be excited chatter. It could just be seeing each other after the end of the day and just ah, talking and remembering and excited to share what you did during the day and what happened. It, 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 could, be, it could be sobering. It could be you both had hard days or one had a hard day and you're, one's pouring out their heart to the other. And that's what friends do, right? They, they share the excitement. They, they share the pain. Um, it could be just being quiet together. I mean, good friends don't even have to talk, do they? they just, they're just together, just enjoying one another's company. Um, it could be laughter. It could be tears. Um, you know, one of the most enjoyable things to do I, that Cindy and I do when she's not so busy, I was kidding, well, maybe when I'm not busy, is that we just go walking together. You know, we, um, 
like yesterday, we went to Seattle together to watch our, one of our grandsons play soccer. He scored his first goal. That's pretty exciting, huh? Yeah. Um, probably his grandfather's genes. <laughs> um, and, you know, we, we went over there on the ferry together, and, and uh, my wife is wonderful. Um, those of you that know her know that anything, anything that uh, is good about me is by God's grace and my wife. <laughs> um, and as we were walking um, to the ferry, or maybe it was from the ferry to Lincoln Park in West Seattle, I mean, she could tell I was just like wound up like a corkscrew from my week, and I was just like, just, she deliberately slowed me down. You know, we were holding hands. She did, you know, kind of gave that firm grip and slowed me down. It's like, take a breath. Let's enjoy this time together. But that's what friends do, right? They just, they, they just enjoy being together. It's not about an agenda. It's not about business that needs to be transacted. It's just friends together, sharing, caring, enjoying. There's a freedom, there's a, a transparency, there's an enjoyment, or, or it's even healing, isn't it? Refreshing, reviving. It's not like, oh, when's this going to be over? Uh, like a committee meeting. <laughs> it's just two friends enjoying being together. In Psalm 16, it says, in the presence of the Lord is fullness of joy. Isn't that a great verse? In the presence of the Lord is fullness of joy. Uh, when I think of the picture in, in Isaiah 6, when the, the angels uh, and, and Isaiah are in the presence of the Lord, there's, there's this awe and there's this worship, there's this unworthiness. And in the presence of the Lord, uh, there should be this amazing, not like... Um, kind of often like it is, like uh, some information to learn or some business or something I'm doing for him or something I have to achieve or something I have to accomplish. It's like the presence of the Lord is to be worship and joy and enjoyment or relationship. As I was thinking about this, I was thinking how how unfortunate it is, I think, how often we treat our relationship with God. It's not like, like, I, like the relationships we have with people we really enjoy. It's um, where we treat them, like I said, more like a program than a person, more like an event than someone to be enjoyed or conversed with or engaged in serious conversation. Or maybe for some of us, uh, what captures me, and I'm, I've used this before, it's almost more like a vending machine, right? Like I put in my $2 yesterday into the, I was so cold when we got to the ferry, and so I did want, I don't think it's a mortal sin, but it's, it's, it's almost, you know, I got a coffee out of a vending machine on the ferry. <laughs> I almost felt like I had to confess, but... <laughs> But it was just to, it was it was just to warm up, okay? I used it to warm my hands up, drank a couple of sips, and I threw it away. Um, 
so I felt better. Um, but, but how many of us do we treat God like that? Like a vending machine. Put in my prayer and, and find out if he really cares. <laughs> I mean, how much do we care <laughs> about him as a person as opposed to just someone that we're giving our request to and expecting him to respond So the next few weeks, we're going to focus what is this, practicing the presence of God. Uh, learning to walk with God or being reminded about walking with God through, through our days, through our weeks, uh, whether it's at school or at work or at home, just walking with God, enjoying the presence of God. And so today, to start with, to kind of introduce it, we're going to look just at, a, like I said, a few passages quickly uh, that actually where, we, where people are walking with God. And, and I, I love these. We're going to look at three passages. If you want to start in Genesis 3, and this morning we're really, what does it mean to walk with God? I mean, that might even be a strange phrase to you, like walking with God, but... Um, Think of Abraham, that picture of Abraham walking with God and talking, what does it mean to walk with God? And, and then through the, the next few weeks, we're going we're gonna to see what can we do in order to better walk with God and in order to be a people that walks with God, not just a people that uses God or sees God as some program or event. And then also, what difference will it make when we walk with God? I mean, just think of the difference between someone who's your friend and the difference that relationship makes, that friendship, and someone that's just an acquaintance. It's totally different in terms of the difference that is made. Walking with God. Starting in, in Genesis 3, verse 8, Adam and Eve have just sinned. We come to verse 8. It's got to be one of the saddest verses in the Bible, but it introduces for us this, this understanding. What does it mean to walk with God? It says, The man and his wife, Adam and Eve, heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And you notice what they do? They hide themselves from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. They hide them. You know, before this day, and the first thing I see that it, that it means to walk with God is God is coming. God's expectation, although God knows what has happened, God's expectation is to come and to walk with them. And the first thing that it really means, and I've been emphasizing this already, but I want us to get it, is that walking with God is about a real relationship. Amen. It's a real. It's God coming in the cool of the day in the Garden of Eden, expecting to just hang out with and enjoy Adam and Eve. It's a real relationship. And I want us, if we haven't before or in a new way, begin to think again. This just this morning that that a relationship with God. It's it's just like any other relationship. That's the intention. But even better, it's talking, and it's listening, it's discussing, it's conversing. 
How many of us think of our relationship with God? I'll be honest, often I don't. I think of my relationship with God as doing something for him half the time. Doing something for him as opposed to walking with him. And conversing. It's me telling him what I need or what I think others need or what we need instead of me asking God what I need and me building a relationship with him, talking with him, conversing, discussing. As I go through this quickly this morning, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just give you a few quotes along the way from a, a guy, his name is Nicholas Herman. He's from Lorraine, France. He was born in 1605, before most of us. And some of you might know him by the name Brother Lawrence. And he wrote a little book called The Practice of the Presence of God. And if you haven't read it, it's online free. There's a PDF online free, several. I'd encourage, it's only 39 pages, actually about 35 pages that you read. And I just took a few quotes just to illustrate the points this morning. It's a real, real, listen to what he says. He says, it, it was said about him, with him, Brother Lawrence, set times of prayer were not different from other times. Like sitting right here listening or going to work at the shipyard or, or going to school. Or, it says, but that he did not want such retirement, meaning a special time of prayer, nor did he ask for it because his greatest busyness did not divert him from God. Isn't that great? Now, that's one of my biggest problems is I get, I start, and, and, and where for me, is I can start my day and have time with the Lord. Okay, I've had my time with God. And then I dive into my day and I'm, I'm busy. I mean, some days I only have three naps, you know? So... <laughs> I dive into my day, and I'm busy, and, and it's like, I forget all about God, and I'm, but I'm working for God. Isn't that incredible? And Brother Lawrence, he said, it was, it was this, it, was, it would almost be like, and honestly, it can be this way, I can be so absorbed sometimes, with, I'm with Cindy, and instead of being with her, my mind is on all other kinds of things that I'm trying to, Remember the busyness of work. And there's this person that I could be enjoying and I'm not because I'm so caught up with my busyness. And, and yet what I love about this brother Lawrence's testimony that in the midst of the busyness, it didn't keep him from doing his work, but in the midst of it, there was a consciousness of his relationship with God at the same time. It was a real relationship. It wasn't something he bopped in and out of, but something he was conscious of, a real relationship. Look at, turn to Genesis 5.22. But I want you to not forget God in the cool of the evening walking with Adam and Eve in the garden. One of my favorite hymns in the garden says, and he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me I am his own. And the joy we share uh, as we tarry there, it's, it's like nothing anybody else has ever known. A relationship. It's a real relationship. Second, though, 
Look at Genesis 5.22. We come to a man, Enoch, and it says, After Enoch became the father of Methuselah, who happened to be the person who lived the longest of anybody, it says, Enoch walked with God. 300 years, and he had other sons and daughters. Altogether, Enoch lived a total of 365 years, and he walked with God. The second thing I want us to see what it means to walk with God, it's in the midst of real life, okay? We're not talking about, and, and I, as I give these quotes from Brother Lawrence, I want us to get that this is a guy in the midst of the busyness of a kitchen. He worked in a kitchen in a monastery. And he says, as the demands from tons of people were coming for this and that, in the midst of that busyness, occupied with what he was doing and doing it well, he walked with God. It's in the midst of real life. You notice he had sons and daughters. This wasn't a guy that was just Enoch here, was just all by himself, living his life, walking with God. He's got sons and daughters, and he lived 300 years he walked with God. It's for the long haul. And so what I'm talking about here isn't something like, yeah, that sounds really great for a monk, but for me in the midst of my busy day with all of my responsibilities, Enoch walked with God. For 300 years it says he walked with God in the midst of his responsibilities. Listen to this about Brother Lawrence says, in his busyness in the kitchen, to which he had naturally a great aversion, meaning he didn't like working in the kitchen. That's probably like, anyway, we won't go there. In his busyness in the kitchen, having accustomed himself to do everything there for the love of God, and with prayer upon all occasions for his grace to do his work well, he had found everything easy during the 15 years that he worked in the kitchen. 15 years he walked with God in the midst of doing something he didn't like to do. He practiced the presence of God in the midst of real life. But notice verse 24, it says, as he walked with God, it says, then he was no more. This is Enoch, because God took him away. Isn't that incredible? And we really don't know what that means, except that he disappeared, you know, kind of like Star Trek, where you're there and then you're gone. And, um, because God took him. God took him home. And, and um, you, know, you know, the account is that they were just hanging out and enjoying each other so great that eventually as they were walking, they just got far away from Enoch's home, and God says, well, we're closer to my home than yours, so why don't you just come home with me? I mean, we don't know what happened. But they were just enjoying each other, and he, all of a sudden he wasn't there. He was gone. And what this tells me is that walking with God, it's not only a real relationship, and it's not only in the midst of real life, but it's unpredictable. But, you know, that's... And, and it, it has a a bit of excitement and unpredictability to it. And that's what real relationships are, right? They're just, it's just people doing the unexpected together or just you're enjoying being together. It's not a routine, a ritual, a program. It's, it's real life, people enjoying. And who knows, you might be out all of a sudden, hey, let's get ice cream. 
Now, that sounds pretty adventuresome, doesn't it? Or let's just fly to Hawaii together today. No, that's, it's unpredictable because it's, it's a real relationship. Is that how your relationship was with God? Is there, is there an, an unpredictability to it? That because you're just enjoying him and building that relationship that God might ask you to quit your job and go to Africa as a missionary. That'd be kind of bizarre, right? I mean, all of a sudden, you're not there anymore. <laughs> People find out that you just up and left because that's what God wanted you to do. Look at Genesis 6-9. One more passage here about somebody who walked with God. Adam and Eve walked with God, and, and, then, they, and then they didn't because they disobeyed. Enoch walked with God. In Genesis 6-9, this is the account of Noah and his family. It says, Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time, and he walked with God. There's another guy that walked with God, Noah. Um, two things about him that's just going to kind of summarize, again, what it means to walk with God. It says he was a righteous man. To walk with God means we have a right relationship with God. You can't be here this morning and not have a relationship with God. You, can't be, you cannot be in wrong relationship with God and think that you can walk with God. God isn't this person that just hangs out with, with whoever. Remember, in Isaiah 6, it says God is a holy God. I mean, the angels, they go, holy, holy, holy. And Isaiah said, I'm, I'm, a, I'm undone. I'm a dead man. I'm in the presence of a holy God. If we're going to hang out with God and be in relationship and walk with God, we've got to be in the right relationship with God. But the beautiful thing about it is if, if you look just before where it says Noah is a righteous man, notice what it says in verse 8. It says, but Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. You know, to be in right relationship with God just means it means it's by God's grace. It's not something that you've got to do or, or you can do or I can do. It's something that Jesus has done. And by the grace of God, because of what he accomplished on the cross, by paying for our sins and rising from the dead, we can be in right relationship with God. But if you want to have this relationship with God, I mean, the, the amazing thing, you remember Abraham walking with the Lord, and, and there's a, a bit of fear to it, because he know, he's the judge of the universe. He's the creator of the universe. He's God. He's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And, and to think that we can hang out with him. Isn't that incredible? I mean, it's incredible, the, the friends that we hang out with, that we can enjoy. But this is the God of the universe that we can walk with and we can talk with. But that's only if we're in right relationship with Him. But the beauty is that we can, every one of us, be in right relationship with Him through Jesus if we accept Him. Brother Andrew said, it says that his only business was to love and delight himself in God. Isn't that great? That was his business. He says it's a, it was a, a great delusion to think that the times of prayer ought to differ from other times 
that we are as strictly obliged to obey God by action in the time of action as by prayer during the time of prayer, meaning his relationship with God, what he was right, and it didn't, it wasn't like, okay, I gotta be, I gotta be right now because I'm praying. It's like I was talking to somebody the other day and and they were talking about um, what they do at work or what they do at school or what they do with others is different as opposed to when they're with God. That's not what we're talking about here. We're, we're talking like Brother Lawrence who, who saw that his life was this continuum that whether he was apart with God in prayer or reading his Bible or hanging out at church or making a latte or, or drawing an engineering design or teaching a class or going, it doesn't matter. Wherever, being in right relationship with God through Jesus, recognizing that it's, that's the important thing. One of my favorite words in the Bible, though, we're going to conclude. It says, nor was a righteous man blameless among the people of his time. That word blameless, sometimes it's translated blameless, sometimes it's translated perfect, and I, I don't like either one of those translations because in reality, what the word means is it means entire, whole, complete. And I think it's at the heart of what it means to be a person who walks with God. It means a person whose whole life focus, the entirety of their lives is consumed with God. In the midst of whatever they're doing, like Brother Andrew, as he discard, it doesn't mean that we don't do our job well, or we don't go to school well, we don't, we're not, we don't parent well. We don't. In the midst of that, as I was talking to a friend a couple of years ago as I was visiting him in jail, and he was telling, and I told him, I said, you've got to love God with your whole being. And he said, I can't do that because I have a son who is number one who I will love. And then I said, well, then you will never love your son like your son deserves to be loved. Because the only way we can love others is if we, first of all, with all of our beings, love God. And as an overflow of that all-consuming love relationship with God, then we will be the lovers to others that they need. It doesn't diminish what we do to others. It only enhances it. And so the word means with my whole being, it says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, all your mind. In Jeremiah, it says, you will seek me and find me, God says, when you seek me with all your heart. All your heart. And so to be a, an individual that walks with God means to be an individual with their whole being who wants God, who wants to know God. It's kind of like going into a marriage <laughs> And saying, well, I'll give it a try. You know, uh, I'll do my best. Yeah, it's 50-50, right? 150, 150? <laughs> it's with our whole beings. We, we enter into this relationship to walk with God. God is looking for individuals to walk with him. Not just to funnel their requests to him or do something for him, but but he's looking for us to be individuals that walk with him. Uh, Micah 6.8, it says, walk humbly with your God. In Galatians 5.15, we're, we're told to walk 
by the Spirit. I mean, God wants us to be people that walk with Him in real relationship, in the midst of real life, with all of our beings in right relationship with Him. So I have an assignment for you, okay? And, and what we're going to do each Sunday, we're going we're gonna to seek to give something practically that, that we can do to consciously seek to be people that walk with God. And this might be a little uncomfortable for you, um, but I would like to encourage each of us this week to go on a walk with God. To deliberately do that. Um, and, and the reason I, I don't say just spend time with God because I, I want us to get out of thinking that time spent with God is like in our room, reading the Bible, in prayer at a special time, but it's, it's, a, it's a relationship. So go on a walk with God like you'd go on a walk with your best friend. Just deliberately go, maybe around the block or, or at the mall. You're not window shopping. Well, you can be. It's okay. Just don't buy anything. Just go on a walk with God. And consciously as you do that, talk with Him. But listen too. See, this is a, this is a relationship. So go, and maybe the hardest part will just be keeping our mouths shut and listening <laughs> as we're walking. So we listen to hear what He has to say and what He has to tell us as we walk with Him. And use that as a, and you can do that every day. It's okay. You don't have to just do it once. But go on a walk with God. Listen to this. One more thing from Brother Lawrence. He said, he said I considered myself like a stone before a carver. I love this illustration. Whereof God is out to make a statue and so presenting myself thus before God, I desire him to make his perfect image in my soul and render me entirely like himself. And that's therefore how he went through life, practicing the presence of God, walking with God, because he saw himself as he went through life, just this like clay, God, here I am, mold me. Lead me, guide me, speak to me, make me what you want me to be. Walking with God. Let's pray. Father, I, uh, I just admit again how easy it is for me to compartmentalize my life. And Father, to where I have the times that I spend with you. And then I have the times I spend with my family and the times I spend with my friends and the times I spend working and the times I spend relaxing. And instead of, Father, seeing that my life is yours and, and you want to be in relationship with me, you, you, the sovereign God of the universe, through every bit of that. And at every moment, Father, teach us to walk with you to listen to you, to converse with you, to learn from you, to enjoy you, to know you. In Jesus' name, amen.